This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jay White. Here today, DJ Java is uh, engineering. Should I just call you by your name? Or do you care? You're wearing a DJ Java hat right now. Can I get some gear? Also today, we have uh, Wilkes Contreras back with us, IT expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Uh, good morning. What's going on? Oh, man, not too much. Just, uh, you know, work, work, work. You know how it is. I understand. Fighting a little bit of a phishing email this morning some folks are getting, so, you know. Very interesting. Um, among the things uh, that we were going to talk about today, one of the stories that I saw that that was of interest is that uh, Google is going to start using authenticated logos to reduce Gmail phishing. And that doesn't help you uh, with the emails going on. At the place where you work, but that is pretty interesting that uh, that Google is going to go to this length to try to cut down on phishing emails in your Gmail account. Well, you know, I mean, it's really um, – we actually had a big conversation with work, you know, with all of us IT guys and gals yesterday. And, you know, 98% of the email that we actually get in a day, which, by the way, is almost 30 million messages a day. Uh, just to our company, 98% of that stuff is rejected right off the bat just because it's flat-out, straight-up garbage. You know, uh, malicious content, mali- you know, known malicious content in it. That just tells you just how much garbage is floating around out there. I mean, it really is a huge problem. So 30 million emails a day. Yep. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. it's uh, It's insane. So... So is that uh, so, so and, when, and to think that ninety eight percent of it is just garbage? Yeah. yeah. So when you say that uh, that's something you're working on today, kind of how does how do you how does that how do you get that information to start with, and then how you go about approaching that from an IT uh, perspective? Luckily, there's just a lot of good programs out there that can kind of help tackle it. Um, you know, a lot of different services, of course. You know, larger. <laughs> Honestly, Google is actually really good at it with theirs. A lot of your, um, a lot of your email providers actually have that in the background. You know, most of your end users, you and me would normally never see those kind of numbers. We'd never actually see what's happening on the tail end of it. Um, 
you don't see really those stats. Those stats really kind of fall into the IT department. We just see all the garbage coming through. But, you know, believe it or not, those numbers are probably fairly accurate even for your email. Even if you were to look at your Gmail. Um, wow. You know, I mean, I, I was formerly a state uh, state IT guy, too. So I know that ITS, you know, right next to the building over there at MPB, they're doing a lot of heavy filtering over there trying to keep the garbage out. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, luckily it never makes it into the uh, – into the user's inbox, it, it's why we kind of maybe sometimes look a little bit cross-eyed at folks now, like, why did I get this piece of spam? It's like, do you realize how many we stopped? Yes, one accidentally creeped through, but <laughs> we're knocking out 98% of it for you. Well, I don't know um, why anybody would try to be indignant about it. That's, you know. Oh, oh, you'd be, you'd, mm, don't get me started on that one. Yeah, yeah, it gets really, really, people get really mean about that. It's like, oh, I, Either that or, oh, you accidentally stopped this one message I was really waiting on. It was the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, it's it's tough when you're dealing with that much traffic to actually accurately be able to predict what is and what is not spam to Jay White. Right. You know, it's very hard for a system to know that. And uh, that's why it's important when you see things, you know, for example, if you're dealing with your Gmail or any of those other guys – when you get in that email, it's very important that you actually go through, not necessarily clicking links in the email that say it's junk, but when you're checking your Gmail and you see that it's junk, mark it as junk because those systems have to learn. Yeah. Um, and the only way to, only way they're going to learn, you know, what's spam to me may not be spam to you. I, I pick on my wife a lot. You know, she, she likes just different, you know, newsletters and, and ads and everything from different companies. To me, that would be spam. But to her, it's what she's wanting. She wants those recipes and those things. And, and you know, that's great. I, yeah. I benefit from that enormously. Um, you know, it's interesting. So, I, Gmail has, has started to bring in a feature, uh, and I assume that this is something that they're trying to work on to make better. But um, I've noticed that sometimes I'll log into my Gmail, and it'll ask me, hey, these emails from this person – not person necessarily, but like if you subscribe to newsletters from different people, it'll say, hey, you haven't opened like the last five of these dating back over, you know, a month and a half. Do you want to unsubscribe from this? And I'll be like, yes, I do. Click. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and I'm actually talking to my email out loud. But um, I, it's probably listening to you. Right. <laughs> but that's that's pretty cool. And, and even, uh, you know, the other day, I don't frequent my Yahoo email that I have much. But the other day I had to use uh, some Yahoo thing and uh, it caused me to have to use my uh, uh, my uh, uh, double authentication or whatever. Whatever. I can't remember. Multi-factor what, authentication. Thank you. I always yep. mess that up. Uh, and so I had to open uh, a Yahoo app on my phone. That's how I had it set up at some point or another. So I do have the Yahoo app on my phone. I opened it up, and it it actually has a tab that contains, uh, I guess, what it can read as kind of newsletters. And it's got like a whole list. It had like eight or nine of these things laid out, and all of them have an unsubscribe button, which I thought was very, very cool. Um, I know Yahoo lags way behind Gmail in terms of users now, and it's it's because Yahoo's been, I guess, uh, because they've Raked been over the coals pretty much. <laughs> right they they've they've been vulnerable several times from a security standpoint. That it's kind of you know people are 
are shied off from from using it. it's kind of it's almost a joke now but if you if you look at your yahoo i could see they're trying real hard and i appreciate that i mean they're they're trying to develop different things that at least make them different than everybody else and to that i mean that that one tab in my email that had nine or ten different um newsletter subscriptions with just a simple unsubscribe button that i could click on and it goes away i thought that was really really cool well, it is, and it's those kind of features that I think that, that people need more. Um, you know, in the IT world, we tell everyone, you know, don't ever follow links in your email. Don't follow links in your email. You know, <laughs> have I mentioned not to follow links in your email? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, here, and here's the, the, the catch, and the reason we say that is you don't know where that unsubscribe button might really be going. And if it's a less simply just verifying to them it's like hey guess what this is a legitimate email so why don't you go ahead and send me 10 times as much junk mail um yeah so it can be to 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 your detriment there but that unsubscribe feature that you know the uh the service provider stepping in and giving that extra layer right there that's really going to start really helping things out people need to be able to take advantage of that and you know, get some of that junk out of there. Take control of your inbox back. It is. It, it's exciting to me because and I don't know if you've done this or our listeners, but there have been days, you know, where <laughs> I didn't intend. I didn't wake up and say, I'm going to clean all of this junk out of my email. But, you know, I wound up spending <laughs> three or four hours, you know, kind of reformatting my email, uh, you know, setting up rule different rules and things like that and and unsubscribing from god knows how many newsletters that i've subscribed to that i thought was a good idea at the time or you know i was looking at a product or something like that and they say hey let us send you our, our newsletter and i'm like eh, this might be worth it and then it turns out to not be worth it at all or it just falls off my radar or whatever and then i come yep. back and every six months i wind up spending four hours unsubscribing from eight thousand newsletters and you know uh, Sending, I don't know how many different email accounts to my, you know, to my my garbage bin and all this other kind of stuff. And the the fact that, like you said, if there's a way that these these email providers can set up a way that we can unsubscribe from stuff from having to engage the email and click that unsubscribe link, which could take us anywhere. That's really, really cool. And I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully having uh, more of that in the future. Yeah, and what I tell people to do a lot also, you know, you talk about signing up for those. I mean, I do too. I enjoy seeing, you know, there's there's some different newsletters that I enjoy that you know, uh, maybe in a, a month or two they wear out their welcome with me. Yeah. Um, I tell <laughs> folks, you know, the really nice thing with your, your Gmail accounts and everything else is set you up a junk one. Set you up one that you use that you get all of those things into, you know, that you get, your, you know, whenever you sign up for your newsletters, instead of signing up with your, you know, j.white at, um, what have you. I don't know if that's your email address. Hopefully it's not, but you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, instead of signing up with your main one that you would actually use for correspondence with friends and family, have you one that, you know, uh, j.spam at, at what have you. Okay. And that's you can actually idea. link those guys in together. Your, your main account can check that other account. You can actually link up and look at that other account, but don't let the potential spammers that, you know, here's the other thing. Even a legitimate company will sell your information. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, marketing, you are the product. Remember that. Yeah. And, you know, have that junk one on over there. And then that way, 
you know, even if you do start kind of getting blasted and you're having to un- do all that unsubscribing, they're not getting to your main one where your friends and family come into. Yeah, I'm I'm just I don't know what it is about finding a product that I like and then, you know, they ask you to for that newsletter and you're like, yeah, I love these socks, but you don't think, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to need three, three emails soliciting socks a week for the next two years, two, two years of my life. No, I do like your socks. They still work. Thanks. I'll find you when hey, I need you socks like again. Socks, you're going to really love these shoes. Right, right. <laughs> All right, we'll take our first break here. We come back, we'll bring Jeremy in, and we'll continue to talk about uh, what's going on in the, the world of tech today, including, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we can actually get into the story of Google now um, working to use authenticated logos to reduce Gmail phishing. Spotify now supporting video podcasts as they go all in on uh, the podcast genre and Amazon expanding its robot delivery trials to more states and much more. We want to hear from you this morning. Give us your calls with any questions, problems that you have going on. You want to get back in touch with us about something you talked about uh, with us earlier. one mpb ring is the number. That's 877-672-7464. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Wilson, Jeremy, I am Jay. Thanks so much for listening this morning. You can call us this morning by dialing 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Again, 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning, you guys. How have things been uh, going at the store? Oh, it's it's been going good, you know, steadily steadily busy. We we had a uh, a very busy week. We brought in a lot of units, um, at like you know, like an eye widening amount of units in a day. And we're just like, okay, all right, well, you know, do what we usually do: just keep on swinging, get them out of here as quick as we can. <laughs> uh, I have an assistant again. Um, back in uh, March, when I moved, my assistant that had been working with me for like. Uh, almost three years, uh, he decided he wanted to go and find another job. And so in the midst of the whole move, I was kind of doing everything by myself. So um, I'm really, uh, really pleased to have an assistant. I'm, I'm glad to have some help because it's uh, it's a whole lot of work um, managing all the things that I do. You know, most, most computer shops are going to have a guy like me, and then there's a few guys up under him that do most of the fixing, and then they only turn to the guy at the top whenever they can't fix something. I used to kind of have that, but, you know, uh, things change and um, your plans don't always go as planned. So you got to have contingencies. Anyways, um, my assistant is actually my uh, my little sister and um, she's uh, learning 
about, you know, basic computer fixing, virus removals, data backups, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and I'll handle all the complicated stuff. And, um, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's awesome. I didn't know how it was going to be working with my own sister, uh, seeing as how, you know, we used to fight over the TV and the phone and all these different oh, things, yeah. you know, but, um, she is, she is really organized. She is really, uh, clever. She has come up with ways to help us streamline things. And I am, I'm very blessed to have her with me. And I just want to say welcome to the crew, Lauren. We're happy to have you. There you're you probably go. not listening to this because you're busy working. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, is the uptick in uh, in business there at the shop? Is it one kind of thing in, in particular? Or is it just uh, an uptick in general? It's funny. Um, we, during the summer, we do not see... You know, from from about May to the end of June or so, or even the beginning of the year, really, we don't see a lot of broken screens when school is not in. But when school starts to come back in, all of a sudden, the broken screens just come out of the woodwork. Busted laptop screens. We have been ordering those like crazy. And I would assume it's because everybody's got to get their unit ready to get back to going to school. And they got to get that screen fixed. Also, some people's kids just like to use their laptops as uh, stepping stones and um, <laughs> footstools. It's, it's not recommended. No, no, it's not. That is funny that uh, right when school picks back up is when all that happens. I would have guessed it'd be they were mad at their math or something like that. That's what it would be for me anyway. It's like a massive drought. I'll even like bring it up to my dad. You know, he's my, he's my phone and uh, iPad surgeon and, um, be like, man, we haven't seen a lot of busted screens in here lately. And then all of a sudden, they just start flooding in the door. one <laughs> mpb ring is the number. That's one 672 We were talking a little bit about um, personal emails in uh, the first segment. And that leads us to one of the stories we want to talk about today. Uh, Google will use authenticated logos to reduce Gmail phishing. Now, just a few shows ago, it was three or four weeks ago, uh, we talked about an email that was uh, uh, forwarded to me by Liz from, I believe it was eBay, that uh, was trying to um, trying to fish Liz. Um, it, it addressed her as her email address and not her name. That was one of the dead giveaways. But other than that, um, I, obviously, uh, not surprisingly, uh, folks who are, are trying to work these angles out here have gotten very good at making these emails, um, these form emails look just like or very similar to what you would get from these actual companies. Well, Google will trial a new security feature in Gmail that shows a brand's logo as an avatar to help you know a Gmail is genuine. Uh, the functionality uses the brand indicators for message identification standard, the old BIMI, uh, whose working group Google joined last year and will be tested with a limited number of senders in the cu- coming weeks. According to Google, authentic- authentication with BIMI can make recipients more confident about the source of the email which scammers try to obscure and get people to click on malicious links and or give up their personal details and phishing attacks. Google will use BIMI in conjunction with another technology, uh, DMARC, or old DMARC, good friend, uh, which tries to stop scammers from forging the, the from address of an email to pretend it's coming from a legitimate source. Um, the, the technology is similar to verified badges social networks use for official celebrity and brand accounts. 
like the uh, blue check mark on Google or excuse me, Twitter. Uh, Google says it's using two certification authorities to validate who owns any particular logo. Uh, and trust data card and DigiCert. Uh, Google expects to make BIMI more widely available for brands to use in the coming months. As well as its BIMI trial, Google also announced a host of other security measures for its video conferencing, chat, and enterprise software. Google Meet is getting new controls to secure meetings. Uh, uninvited guests will no longer be allowed to try and knock uh, and rejoin a meeting after being kicked out of it. And users will also be blocked from being able to request to join a meeting after being denied multiple times. Hosts are also getting uh, new safety controls to control how and who or who and how people can join meetings and whether they can uh, chat and present once joined. Links sent via chat will be flagged if Google thinks they're malicious, and it also plans to introduce reporting and blocking tools for chat rooms. And G Suite admins are are, uh, getting new and redesigned controls across its suite of services. Included are tools to make it easier to block certain apps from accessing G Suite data, managing company Apple owned uh, managing co- uh, company owned Apple iOS devices and new tools to prevent data loss. Interesting stuff here. First, what do you guys think um, about this? Almost like uh, giving a, a verified check mark to certain uh, companies and, and email senders, uh, helping folks know uh, whether or not you know something that you're getting from an eBay or a PayPal. Let's say. Letting you know that it's authentic—that's pretty interesting. It is. It is interesting, but it looks like it's really just a picture. Um, it's it's really not too hard to spoof a picture. So I'm curious to see how this goes. I know in Gmail you can already have like a little logo next to your name, so I don't I don't understand how this is any different than that. Yeah, but I am to see how hackers go about taking advantage of this um, more than likely they'll just superimpose an image like that on their own email account because I know with with mine I you know I have my caduceus like the cross and the thing and my logo and all that's that's on my emails but I didn't go through some Google official channel to set that up I just clicked upload photo so I'm assuming that they'll have to have some kind of a a repository where they have like official company logos. Well, what about third parties or what about small businesses like mine? Do I get to go and upload that? What, <laughs> what testifies to the legitimacy of my logo versus somebody else who could upload my business name with the logo in it or the little cross thing? I just, I don't understand what that actually means. So I'm curious to see the implementation of this, but honestly, it's kind of like a, that's nice. Google. Um, most people aren't going to know to look for that logo. This is not going to be something that's already trained into our brains to look for, you know? Now I do, like you, like you were saying, and the the, the story where I'm reading or the website I'm reading this story off of is theverge.com. And they have a screenshot that, like you said, it just basically shows almost like an avatar for an email account and anybody can put any kind of logo for the most part as your avatar. I do wonder if that's not, that can't be all that there is to it. They have to like we talked about with Twitter, giving blue check marks to verified accounts. That's next to impossible to replicate uh, or Facebook with which I don't know if they call it verified, but they have check marks uh, that are certified accounts and things like that. 
they they would have to have something like that to differentiate between somebody just trying to spoof your logo and somebody actually being verified. I thought the thing is, I mean, there's already a lot of tools out there. I mean, that have been around for years and years, you know, behind the scenes, things that end users wouldn't really see that we do. You know, there's SPF and, you know, DMARC has been around for a while. I mean, there's a lot of technology that we try to throw at this. And, you know, like I've always kind of said, security is ultimately, it's just a speed bump. You're not going to ever get 100%. The bottom line is it still comes down to people are going to have to pay attention. Um, you know, we can... You know, for example, we can say all day long, it's like if you go to your bank site, make sure that you get the HTTPS. Make, you know, they, they changed it up and they started giving you a green title bar up there, the padlock up there. And it's amazing to me, all these different things that we keep putting out there and say, okay, you know, watch out for this, watch out for this, watch out for this. And people will still go right on around it because it's inconvenient. Unfortunately, security is inconvenient to a lot of people. And, um, you know, that's the one thing we can't, develop a program for is for that human nature of you know i don't want to jump through all that i just want easy give me easy and um you know but again they're throwing up some more roadblocks that's good the thing is though it still comes down to people need to pay attention yeah that's that's where the problem is it's the it's the discerning individual that's getting the email it's not the system that it comes through on in fact i've come up with a new term here guys this is a brand aid Okay, this is a band-aid for brands to put something there to go, hey, look what we're doing. Brand-aid, we, I like that. A, we put a brand-aid on this, and it, it, it feels nice and comfy, but it doesn't really seem to do anything, but but it makes people feel like we're doing something, <laughs> and that's the important thing. All right, before we, effects. we... We've got to take a break here. We've got a couple of callers we are going to get to, but quickly, let me ask you, uh, Wiltz, I mean, does your... Do, do any of the, 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 the school or the company that you work for, do they use Gmail or, or the G Suite, I'm sorry? Uh, the Homes does. They'll use uh, Gmail for student accounts and some of that. Uh, we do not at Nucor. What's, what's not, your experience with that, at least how to, you know, from an administrator standpoint? What was that? I'm sorry, I missed the first part. What's your experience with G Suite, at least from an administrator standpoint? Uh, honestly, I've never had to actually admin- administer really any of it. Again, I've not ever used it professionally on my side of things. Gotcha. Okay, that is it um, is interesting. I, I've got. I've, I've been a user on the other end of it, um, but never actually administering it myself. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Go ahead, Jeremy. Um, I've used G Suite, but I didn't understand what your question was. I was, you know, asking him from the IT perspective, I was going to get his thoughts about, you know, being an administrator of G Suite, these things that they're offering. I've 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 known a lot of people who, again, from the uh, user side have used G Suite and I get uh, varying responses from them, you know, about how it is to use and, you know, whether it's it's worth it. Uh, and how how different it is from a user's perspective from, you know, just using the regular free uh, Google, uh, Google tools that you have out there that you can use for different things. It gives you more control over the flow of emails as to what you want to allow to come into your domain, as to what you want to allow to leave. Um, the security settings through uh, the G Suite can be pretty strict. And I would say that something like this little logo, the BIMI thing, is um, pretty small compared to the, the security that G Suite offers. Like Wilkes was talking about SPF, 
that's actually tied to like your company's email servers, IP addresses. So it's hard to fake that. So what it does is it analyzes the emails it goes through and it sees where it originated. And if it doesn't originate from where you specify, then it just throws it out. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We got Sue in Beaumont and Linda in Memphis. Hang on. We're going to get to you. And uh, guys, we're going to a couple of callbacks to some stories that uh, we used to talk uh, a lot about probably last year, including Amazon expanding robot delivery trials. Uh, to more states, and uh, here we go. Samsung Galaxy Z Flip G5 is official, and uh, it also, uh, it's revealing, has confirmed a a big Galaxy Note 20 leak. Uh, But yes, another Samsung Galaxy entry into the flip phone world. One day, maybe sooner than later. You can call us 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. We'll hit the phones when we come back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio. The music always gets me fired up to pick some Derek Coleman or Sean Kemp, one or the other. NBA Jam. All right, welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy and Wiltz. I am Jay. Let's go straight to the phones. We've had uh, Sue and Linda being patient with us. Sue and Beaumont is first. Sue, good morning. Good morning. I'd I'd like to ask you all a question. I'm not uh, technologically smart in any way, so (laughs) a few months ago I got on Facebook for the first time, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And Facebook irritates the snot out of me, and I wrote a, a post about that, about it, I, it, friends, it started out just with friends requests from people that I knew. Now, Facebook, every time I turn the phone on, I've got a long, long list of, of friend, mm-hmm. so-called friend requests. <laughs> like, fans from the Middle East or Nigeria, sexy gals, young dudes. Yeah. Got things I'm not totally in, not interested in. So, well, and I, I can't find a an icon or anything to turn that off. That Facebook won't do that. How can you make them stop that? Or can you? And Facebook is nosy. They they won't access your photo gallery. They won't access your camera. I, I think I think that Facebook is way too nosy for my my taste. You know. Come on. Well, I mean, it is it it's the nature of what it is. It's a it's a social media. So turning off and you know um, not having people send you friend requests is it pretty much goes against the entire platform of the program. Um, I believe you may can. You can make yourself. You can do some things to make yourself a little bit more invisible, but at the end of the day, it's it's social. The idea is for people to be able to find you. Unfortunately, I see those same things at least once a day or once every other day. I get some very interesting friend requests. Um, yeah, probably the same kind <laughs> that you're, you end up seeing. And and really, the best that you can really do with those is 
decline them and and move on. It's just it's kind of the uh, the bad side of social media. Jeremy, what what about you? What what about on your end? I thought that there was a way that you could tell Facebook uh, not to allow people to add you. It must be that that's emailed directly, but I can't find anything about that. I don't know if they removed that feature or if I imagine that or if it's on another social platform, but I could have sworn that that was a capability that you had to protect okay. yourself. Well, let me say, let me ask you uh, first, Sue. What what kind of phone do you have? Do you have a uh, an Android or an a- an Apple phone? It's powered by Android, and I've got Google on it. And up. All right, so um, this will not be that hard. All right, so if you get, you know, on an Android, at least it sounded like you're tired of the bazillion notifications a day on your phone you can get from Facebook telling you that you know the hot boys and cool girls are trying to face you know, trying to friend you, so. If you pull down from the top of your phone, it will bring all of your notifications down. So if you once you do that, if you scroll to one of these Facebook notifications, just just tap and hold, hold your ta- don't don't well don't tap it, but just hold your your finger on that notification, and then it will change from a notification to basically a toggle switch that you can turn notifications off. Oh really? Yeah, and it, it'll and, be switched. And by the way, I did just look in under privacy. You can actually change who can send you friend requests. They've kind of changed it up on us, uh, Jeremy. You can either go to everyone or friends of friends. That's your two options. You can't block it, but you can make it to where only those people who. But the you friends know, of friends. Oh, I, I, I know Joe that knows you, so yeah. I can send you a friend request. Friends of friends you, show that that slows yeah, everything people, way I, down. That app should yeah. be on my settings. Yeah, it's under your privacy settings. Okay. I mean, there's also another one that says who can look you up using the email address you provided. That way, if somebody's finding you by your email, you can change it to only me. That doesn't mean that no one will be able to friend request you, but you can change it to where only your friends of your friends can send friend requests. That way, only you can add friends that you want. Well, thank you for that tip. I appreciate that. Absolutely, yeah, no problem, and, and yeah, I understand. From an and for, depending on what apps you dig into, boy, those the and I haven't had an iPhone in a couple of years, but man, some of those notifications on an Android phone can pile up quickly. Uh, it goes that way on your platform, and you got to go in there and do some notification turning off just yeah. to just to have some sanity. I mean, there's so many apps that want to update you every time the wind blows outside. Right. It's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> right. All right, Sue, we appreciate the call, and, and hey, give us a call back uh, next week uh, if uh, you didn't find a resolution or if you're still hunting for it, all right? Thank you. Thank you, Sue. We appreciate the call. Let's go next to Linda, who is in Memphis. Linda, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Hey, Linda, you there? Linda? She is checking her Facebook privacy settings. <laughs> <She's more likely. laughs> which, which, by the way, I would recommend everybody take a little bit of time if you're using any kind of social media platform. Every time they update, they change that stuff up. Definitely look in your privacy settings. You may see uh, there's some things you do want to turn off and and maybe you know, lower your visibility. So that's what I believe Linda may be doing for us right now. All right, let's try again. Linda, Linda, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for hey. waiting for us. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, I really enjoy the show, and I really learn a lot. I, I will tell you, though, I'm having almost the exact opposite problem. I have an Android um, system, and I have um, 
Uh, yeah, I like these shopping apps, you know, where they call you back to verify your, you know, you use your phone number and they'll send you back a code to verify, verify that you are who you are. But I, I have a, a particular app. It won't, um, they will, uh, they'll send, I'll send off for the code, you know, and it, it won't, it, it never shows up in my uh, contact list. I even call my carrier and ask them, was, you know, was something going on there? Was, was the notification mm-hmm. turned off? And they tell me, well, it's been fixed. And uh, but but with this particular um, um, shopping app, I've used it before in the past, but now I, I I never see the notifications, and I don't know I don't I don't know what what I've done. I wish there was a, a school for people over fifty <laughs> to <laughs> to go and, and um, you know uh, learn everything that they need to learn at one time. But other than that, if, if we don't have that, I'll, I'll continue to listen to Everyday Tech, and I thank you all so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate that call, Linda. If that app is not showing your notifications, either the notifications have been muted or there may be something wrong with the app itself. Um, you would have to go into the individual settings on that app to check the notification settings to see what they are. I might also recommend, rather than doing that, just uninstall the app from your phone and reinstall it, and maybe that will re-trigger the notifications to start coming through again. One one other thing I thought of is to maybe double check, you know what what your information that you've put in, uh, you know, on your account for that app or that service or whatever it is to maybe just double check that you didn't hit a number wrong or you didn't hit a, a letter wrong in your email address or something like that. To just double check to make sure that all that information is exactly right because it may well, be sending that stuff. It just may be sending it to the wrong place. Could be. Well, we thank you again, and, and we'll we'll continue to listen and learn. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much, Linda. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Bye now. Yeah, that's uh, the the call before with all of the all of the notifications. Man, it is it is amazing uh, the frequency with which some some apps. I guess uh, before you go into change, I guess the the stock settings that some apps have and how much. They will notify you. I know one, um, and I'm interested in your guys' thoughts if you've used this at all, but Discord is, you know, there's a couple of interests that I have, um, you know, that certain users have started Discord pages for different things and hobbies and stuff like that. And man, oh man, if you download the Discord app on your phone, you are about to get hammered. If you don't, if you don't set up, <laughs> if you don't block notifications or, or at least change how they get to you, your phone is about to be bombarded. Every time yeah. somebody even looks at Discord, it's going to send you a notification to let you know. And so, just a heads up on that. But uh, you guys use Discord at all? I have, yeah, uh, both professionally and for gaming. Um, when I was using it professionally, I was I was part time driving for a waiter, and man, you are not wrong. Like whenever they're <laughs> in that, it'll notify you every time they talk. So you have to go in there and you have to change some things where it's like only notify me if somebody tags me or a group yeah. that I'm a part, something like that, and then you get a semblance of sanity out of that. But yeah, until. Until you get into the the group and you go in and change those settings, you will be just absolutely assailed by notifications. And also, too, um, Discord can, like some other things, it can bring people, uh, you know, together. Uh, it's it's really a good way to communicate with people who have similar interests with you. With that in mind, like one of my twelve year old twin boys is a huge Pokemon Go fan. Now, without 
any kind of my knowing at all, he's found himself onto, you know, a couple of Discord servers that are Pokemon Go stuff. And all of a sudden he can be chatting with somebody, you know, across the country or across the world. And if you're a parent, this stuff can happen and you not even know it. So if if your kids have interests that take them into a Discord server, just please try to keep a little. I mean, I mean, you're a parent, you know what to do, but keep a handle on who they're talking to and how much, because I'm sure 99.9% of that stuff is all on the up and up, and it's just a bunch of 12- and 13-year-olds talking to each other about Pokemon Go and who they're going to evolve and all this other kind of stuff, and they're going to trade this guy for that guy and all this other stuff. But there's always people out there that are going to try to take advantage of those type of situations to get in with things that they should not be in with. So just please keep an eye on your kids in that in that kind of scenario right there but i i, I mentioned my kid to to know they they both have these you know 30 dollar android phone numbers that you can buy from walmart it's kind of their introductory phone also their moms bought them iphones before and they broke them in 10 minutes so this is a way you can break your phone 17 times over and we're not out seven thousand dollars so but one of my sons again he's like members of two or three or four of these pokemon go servers on discord and I'll pick up his phone and across the top where you just see the, the mini logo for the notifications. It's just that Discord, 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 all the way across the top. And I'm like, what is going on? And I scroll down and oh, my goodness, it's hundreds, hundreds of notifications. I'm like, I'm, I'm surprised your phone can even function. You know, like I'm surprised right. it can even ring yeah, with all these notifications, working? right? Anyway, so that's just something to pay attention to. Discord is is a lot of fun. It's very cool. It's very interesting. But again, as a parent, heads up on that if your kids have found their way into that without you kind well, of one knowing. more heads up when it comes to the parent side of things too. Remember, on a lot of these social media sites, um, kids are able to enter into their contract with them at 13 years old. Yeah, 13 is acceptable. So what that means is if your son or daughter is 13 and they are going on to, you know, insert social media app here and you parent are thinking you can contact the Facebooks or the Twitters or the discords of the world and say, hey, I think my kid's doing something bad. I need to see it. The answer is going to be no, you can't. You don't have a right to it. They are the only entity. So so do be careful if your kids, you know, especially the younger ones are using these things as a parent at 13, you're locked out. Yeah. Um, our rule was always, yeah, you can, you know, if you're in this, that or the other, we're getting your password. There's no exception. Um, so just something, you know, I just kind of yeah. like to give parents kind of the heads up on that. Cause a lot of people don't realize like, no, until they're 18, they're still my child, not in the IT world. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. That is interesting. That's a good point. Uh, let's take our final break here. When we come back, uh, we have uh, more still to get into, get into including uh, the the new attempt at Samsung to get into the flip phone world. And then, uh, you know, once again, Amazon trying to expand its robot delivery trials into more states. One of these days, we're, we're going to be able to move and not have to drive. I'm telling you, we'll get there eventually. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We will be back after this last break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. With Will to Jeremy, I'm Jay. Thanks so much for listening this morning. Java is producing. A little bit of time left to get in. If you want to call us, 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. As we've uh, talked about, or I've mentioned a couple of times over the course of the show, fellas, the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5G. That's an interesting name. The Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5G is official, and it confirms a big Galaxy Note 20 leak. Two weeks sooner than expected, the Galaxy Z Flip 5G just became official with faster download speeds and a speedier chipset than its 4G counterpart. Um, Samsung's flip-style foldable will arrive as a 5G phone at the Galaxy Unpacked event on August 5th alongside the Galaxy Note 20. Um, Let's see. um, Mystic Bronze is going to be the name of the color that it will be. Uh, It's officially one of two hues for the uh, Z Flip 5G. It also comes in Mystic Gray. So regardless, it's going to be pretty mystic. Yeah. Um, So... Mystifying. Right. Um... Uh, it's going to be an upgrade. Uh, let's see. Its use of the faster Snapdragon uh, 865 Plus chipset is a nice upgrade over the older uh, 855 used in the original Flip. Uh, but while the 4G Z Flip cost $1,380, the 5G edition is priced at an high-watering $1,450. Only its Samsung Galaxy Fold price is more at this point. And the rumored Fold 2 should be just as high. Um, That's going to be a no from me, dog. <laughs> in the U.S., the <laughs> Z Flip 5G release date is August 7, with AT&T, Best Buy, Samsung, T-Mobile, and Amazon planning to sell the phone. Um, so there you go. August 7th, not that far away. You'll be able to get this brand new uh, Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5G for only $1,500. Jeez. You know, I'm I'm thinking Samsung was like, okay, the first one, I don't know how well it sold. I haven't looked at the figures, but I imagine it didn't sell very well. They're like, okay, the first one didn't sell well because it didn't have the 5Gs in it. Let's put 5G on it. Let's charge more money for it and see if people will buy it then. They want the 5G. Okay. (laughs) But, I mean, first off, I just don't think it's going to sell that well. So I'm going to go ahead and on the record here make a prediction, all right? In a few months, you're going to see Samsung Black Black Friday-ing the heck out of these things because they aren't selling. Because nobody wants a $1,500. Well, no, you know what? I don't speak for everybody. There are a few out there who want a $1,500 flip phone. It's cool, but it's gimmick. And there's there's still not that sturdy. There's still some technology they're putting in it to keep dust from getting in it that has been proven to not work that well. 
I'm curious to see how this goes. I expect big Black Friday blowout sale, Samsung Flip <laughs> 5G. Let's do it. Man, it's, it's also, it almost seems like this is something that they are continuing to try to manufacture uh, interest in this thing because, I mean, this will be the fourth uh, the third different version of a flip phone that they've put out, and they're talking about the 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 Note Flip Two. They're already on their fourth version that they're going to uh, unveil shortly, and none of these things have sold um, versus what the buildup for them were, and many of them have been. Um, I mean, what's they didn't really work. I mean, they they didn't deliver on the promises from a from a, a hardware standpoint. And I, they, they, they keep pushing these things out there like it's something that people are clamoring for. And obviously, you know, unless you're some sort of uh, what do they call those people on um, unless you're an influencer on Instagram, this is this is something that's not really practical for anybody. Almost. The flip displays had a rough start and the flexible LCDs are definitely something that I'm interested in. I think it's an amazing technology. And once it gets there, it will be really, really cool. However, right now um, with that with that bad start they had, it was almost like when they had the flaming note situation. I mean, they just got a little bit to recover from before people are confident enough to start buying their phones again. And I, I I just don't know how, how big the desire is for that. But what I feel I'm going to go on record again and make another prediction here. Samsung is setting the stage for the Apple flip phone. Oh, mercy happening here. They are, they are, they're, you know, warming up the waters of the market, so to speak, so that Apple can go, boom, we did it first, flip phone, four years later, but they'll be the one that sells it the best because they've got the biggest following. Well, well I mean, if, know, they, if they wait thing, long enough. You're and, talking about like the, oh, I'm sorry, Jay, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if they wait long enough and actually do it right when they first release it, that, that'll be the feather in their cap. Go ahead, Will. That's, that's, that's quite a concept. Yeah. But, I mean, you're even seeing, you know, speaking of j- just even taking all that out of it, just the price, you're even seeing Apple is going in the opposite direction now trying to bring out people aren't wanting to spend the $1,000 up. It's, it, you know, that status symbol of I got to have the latest, greatest phone. I mean, you know, look at it. The SE, 99 cents for the most part now, has actually got pretty decent internals in it. People don't want the $1,000, $1,200, $1,500 phone because just like what you were saying a little bit earlier, how many kids end up breaking them? I'll wait a year, pick it on up at a discount next year. No no doubt. No doubt. All right, that's all the time for us today. Didn't even get a chance to get to the story about Amazon expanding its robot delivery trials. I'll tell you where they are, though. Uh, a small number of Amazon Scout devices. The Scout was introduced in January of last year. A small number of these Amazon Scout devices are now operating or are going to be soon operating in Atlanta, Georgia, in Franklin, Tennessee. Monday through Friday during daylight hours. So that's pretty interesting. We'll uh, link that story in the podcast uh, page for this episode at everydaytech.mpbonline.org. Very interesting. The self-driving cars in Dallas and now the Amazon robot deliveries in Atlanta. They're getting closer to us. They're getting closer to us. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy is next. <laughs> 